You know, there's many different ways you can support the Trendaholic or the Voice Junkie podcast. One of those ways is doing something you normally do in your personal life. Like, I don't know, stream movies. So in that light, you can accept with graciousness the gift of seven days free from Apple TV Plus on your boy. Yes, me, Chuck, from the Voice Junkie podcast is giving away a free week of Apple TV Plus. I mean, it's a free trial. If you want to support the podcast, hit the link below in the description box. It'll bring you right to the page so you can get that free week Apple TV Plus. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. So let's get into some Grammy talk, shall we? Um, well, first of all, the Grammys is probably the best Grammy show I've seen in quite some time. Um, it was just so many performances. All the performances were pretty good. The 50th year anniversary of hip hop, man, that was the one. That was the one that really, because you had everything. I, I loved how Quest's love kind of put it all together. Um, he had a nice little flow to it where he had some a lot of old, but sprinkled in um, some new. And you can't get offended if you get little baby and you get little Uzi Vert sprinkled in because guys, 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 it's the 50th anniversary, the 50th year anniversary. So in order to tell a proper story, you have to include artists like little baby and Uzi Vert because they are part of hip hop, whether you like it or not. Your personal preference is not on the menu here. It's not. It has nothing to do with your personal preference. It's telling a story. And they did it pretty well, man. I like how LL kind of narrated the whole thing in a way. I kind of appreciate how LL is becoming like the, the, the guardian of hip hop now. Like him reclaiming his Rock the Bell title and just kind of growing that brand and doing festivals and doing all the stuff that he's doing in order to kind of bring insight and bring more visuals and more knowledge and more importantly knowledge to hip-hop as far as people who just don't know the essence uh, as far as how it began and the the essential um, players that were involved in its creation and just listening to his radio station rock the bells he does a good job of that just by the people that he hires for his shows you know what I'm saying? Like Grandmaster Kaz and Roxanne Chante. So LL has become that guy. He's become like the, the, the guardian of hip hop now. And I ain't mad at it. So starting with that, I wanted to get that out the way because that deserved his own light. But now on to the performances and the nominees and winners. So let's just start with what really matters the rap album award so kendrick lamar won the award so let me give you the guys who was also involved in this nomination it was dj khaled future jack harlow and Pusha t now i can see how there can be some kind of uh i don't know a little bit of hey you know maybe kendrick shouldn't have won this one but if you did listen to the album then you know that the album was fire man it, it was it's everything that you love when it comes to storytelling and conceptualizing you know ideas and as far as his life story and and just having topics man you know a lot of times man we grew up you know i'm you know i'm a certain age so the music and the hip-hop that i listened to was topic driven man they they had central themes and everything and now it's kind of just a, a mash a mashboard of whatever and i do appreciate that kendrick 
kind of still sticks to that original formula and he's being rewarded for that work and hey you can't get mad at that but that being said if i were to have someone else pick up the ward i would have definitely because i'm biased i would have definitely picked pusha t it's almost dry i mean this this brother is torn across the planet off this album right now and it's one of the best hip-hop albums i mean i'm pusha t biased again he's one of my faves so yeah, I, I would have went with that personally if it wasn't Kendrick, but I'm not upset with it. But I do, hold up, I do want to add this part. I got to give Kendrick a slight shout out, man, when he kind of, he kind of gave everybody a slight flex. You know, when he got the award, I was watching it. He took his time to get to that stage. You know why he wanted to take his time? Because he wanted to say for all of those people out there saying, oh, he won it. How did he win it? He wanted to wait. He wanted to wait for those lyrics to kind of hit home a little bit. He wanted those lyrics to like stick to your ribs a little bit before he got up there to accept his award. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, that's some big energy right there. You know what I mean? So I got to give him shout outs. Shout outs to that. You know, I peeped it. You know what I'm saying? I peeped it, Kendrick. But um, let's get into another award real quick. Let's get into the best R&B song. So Beyonce won this as well, and she won it for Cuff It. I mean, Cuff It is still playing in the clubs right now. Cuff It is, is just all over TV. I mean, it it's a great record. I mean, <laughs> I know Mary was in there. She had a great record with Good Morning. It, you know, she had, you know, it's a great record, but cuff it right now was kind of taken off so i'm not even upset with that uh now beyonce heading into the night it was this big thing because she was closing in on history she was getting ready to break the all-time record for all-time wins when it comes to grammys and she did that by you know obviously picking up the best r&b song but in a more impressive fashion she she won in a, a genre that she doesn't even frequent in she won best edm album talk about being genreless like she is truly genreless and to win an award in such a unique category like edm this tells you what her artistry level is and it just gives more fuel to the fire for her fans to say yo she is the goat because she's racking up all the awards she's like kind of the lebron james of this era when it comes to musical artistry and you know this generation they their goat is beyonce so it's hard to argue it when she keeps racking up these numbers but I'm going to just riddle off some of the people that's in this EDM category because I do listen to this category. You know what I'm saying? So you got Bonobo, you got Diplo, Odessa, and Rufus Du Soul. Um, I'm partly biased to Bonobo because Bonobo is my favorite EDM artist. So his album Fragments, man, I got to give him a shout out. That album was dope. I went to go check him out over in New Haven, Connecticut. And, you know, I love the show. The, I mean, the records sound exactly like how they sound on Wax live. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Bonneville. I think he should have won that award if Beyonce wasn't in the category. So I'm not upset with her winning it. I mean, like I said, Renaissance is just a phenomenal album. I mean, she really, really uh, stayed true to the essence of EDM. And, you know, she was rewarded for it. For sh so shout out for her, man. Uh, Harry's House won album of the year. Now, I know that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because, you know, I've seen the Internet talking a lot of trash about his outfits and everything. They didn't really they thought, you know, 
the, the general perception that I got from the internet is a lot of people think Harry Styles is mid, like not even superstar level, which surprised me because I don't pay attention to everything on the internet. But it seems like, you know, not everybody was happy with this selection. I mean, you, you now let me riddle off these names so then you can kind of understand why. So you had Bad Bunny in this category, Adele, you had Brandy Carlisle, Coldplay, Kendrick, Lizzo, Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, ABBA. You had all of these mega stars in this category and just 30 from Adele and Renaissance from Beyonce and uh, Kendrick's album, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers and Special from Lizzo. I mean, just those alone, because those are the albums that I've listened to. Just those albums alone, man. <laughs> Yo, they all could have made their case at this award. So, I, you know, Harry's House. Hey, man. <laughs> the every year the the Grammys are gonna give you one of these head scratchers, and you know it, it may not be the biggest head scratcher, but I can see some people getting a little upset about this because man, Bad Bunny is on a tear, Beyonce's on a tear, uh, Lizzo's you know on a tear now. I mean, all her records are on commercials and everything. So yeah, so I can see the controversy in that. But um, record of the year, man, Lizzo got it. She got you know about damn time. About Damn Time is a good record, yo. First of all, I ain't here for the Lizzo slander. Yo, she proven over time that she's not a one-hit wonder. She's not a fad. She's not a flash in a pan. She's actually creative. She's actually talented. Not just as a performer, but as a songwriter. See, she don't get props for that enough. But records like About Damn Time put her in that that level that she just you know that she belongs in quite frankly and listen man it's time to give Lizzo her proper due give her her flowers she has officially arrived as one of the superstars in this business and she got record a year for about damn time and I like the record all right but let me just you know let me give shout outs to the nominees because this was a stacked uh, uh, nomination here you had ABBA for Don't Shut Me Down you had Adele for Easy On Me, Beyonce for Break My Soul, Mary J. Blige for Good Morning Gorgeous, Brandi Carlisle featuring Lucius with You and Me and The Rock, Doja Cat with Woman, Steve Lacey with Bad Habit. Shout out to Steve Lacey. His album was fire. I loved Steve Lacey's album. Bad Habit was an excellent single for the year, and it's still, you know, still getting those rotations. Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5, and then lastly, Harry Styles' As It Was. So <laughs> that was a stacked card right there, and she came on top. And um, hey, it's a good record, man. About damn time's a good record, so I ain't mad at it at all. But yo, that's pretty much my summarization. Oh, lastly, I cannot wrap this up by not at least acknowledging the great Viola Davis for becoming the third ever African American woman to win the EGOT. And if you don't know what an EGOT is out there, that's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. And now she's in that club. Uh, John Legend's another person that's in that club. Uh, I mean, you're not in this club unless you're just on a different planet as far as talent is concerned, where you could just move in any type of uh, medium. And Viola is a, is definitely one of those, and she and it was awesome to see her get credited for that because she did get robbed 
She did get robbed for not being nominated. I don't think she was nominated for that king role that she did as a woman king. And so she was kind of snubbed for that. So for her to pick up the EGOT is an awesome consolation prize. So shout out to Viola Davis, man. Shout out to the Grammys for putting on a great show. Hopefully you won't lose this momentum and put out a, a turd fest next year. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna use this opportunity to just talk about the business that we're in. It's, it's uh, as a player, it's very emotional because you build lifelong relationships and you want to hold on to them. And it's a brotherhood, it's a sisterhood. We all love each other in, in unconditional ways when we want to see each other do well. So, um, you know, the reporting and, and the journalism um, that was gonna come out of why I left, I, I knew that was gonna be speculation. Um, you know, but for me personally. Um, you know, just sitting in the seat today, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated uh, and not just tolerated or or, or just, um, you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent, uh, I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. So um, I just want to change that narrative and write my own story and just continue to prepare in the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas, just focus on what I can control, like I said. And, um, you know, I'm always going to be close with those guys in Brooklyn, just like I'm close with the guys in Boston, just like I'm close to the guys in Cleveland. Um, you know, it is a team competitive sport, but we care about each other's families way more off the court. So um, I know those ex the relationships will extend off. Um, I'm just focused on preparing to win. What you heard there was Kyrie Irving giving his explanation of what he think went wrong in Brooklyn. Uh, it's funny how, you know, it's always interesting when one side tells their story. I'm sure Brooklyn would love to dive into great detail as to what really happened and as far as to how their relationship came to an ultimate uh, split. So, as you don't know anything about basketball, listen, Kyrie Irving is the ultimate team disruptor. He's the ultimate eye guy. He, you know, he's the ultimate uh, athlete where you talk about there's no eye in team. Yeah, Kyrie's the eye. And he just, he, he makes every excuse in the book as to why things don't work out for him. He never points and looks himself in the mirror as to things that he's culpable for. He talks about how people want to focus about off off the court stuff and it's like no dude you are bringing attention to things that you are doing you are doing such wild ass things that it's shedding a light on to those things no one's causing this Kyrie but you you know so this all this this blame deflection he's still doing he's still playing victim I mean through all of this in his career you think he would have learned something but just like they say with an addict you know, they're never going to really, truly learn until they hit rock bottom. And he hasn't hit rock bottom, unfortunately. You know, he had this same song and dance with, dance with Boston. You know, I'm up in New England and I know I've seen all the commercials. I've seen everything. I Oh, we're going to be together forever. Oh, if you take me, if you take me. Like, we've seen this before. And then next thing you know, in like a 360 or 180, he wants out of Boston. You know, and it almost destroyed Boston, but thankfully, 
they were able to groom some young talent like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown along the way because they had to grow up fast because, dude, Kyrie barely played any ball. You know, that's a whole nother topic about Kyrie. You know, you put all your faith into the dude. And when he is on his best behavior, he's never healthy when you need him the most. Ask Kevin Durant. That one year they had a shot. That year Giannis broke through and won that championship. If Kevin Durant had a healthy Kyrie Irving, who knows how the series would have went. Because, hell, it went seven games with just Kevin Durant by himself and some guys. So, Kyrie, yeah, I know he twisted his ankle and landed and all that crap, but it's the same song and dance. He's never there when you actually need him. So, you know, now fast forward to this. Mark Cuban, being as desperate as he is to get superstar talent around Luka, he just said, hey, F it, man. I'm going to give up some picks, give up some uh, talented role players, and I'm going to try to see what happens this year with uh, Kyrie Irving, one of the most talented players in the league. Problem is, Kyrie Irving is a head case. He is a basket case. And now you got Kyrie in Texas, of all states? Texas. Kyrie. Conspiracy theory Kyrie. The king of conspiracy theories when it comes to the NBA. You're going to have him in Texas of all places. Man, I would not be surprised at all if we see in the near future, and I mean the very near future, we see something with him and Joe Rogan. Because you know what? Rogan's in Texas as well. So, man, you can imagine the type of episode they can have talking about the earth is flat and uh, COVID this and and all these other crazy little theories that he loves to entertain. But, um, you know, I'm sure that'll come down the road. But Back to this and, you know, having relationships and there's a brotherhood and all this and all that. Listen, I tell you what, those dudes that you call in brothers, I would love to hear what they have to say about that because they like, bro, when we in the foxhole and we need you, you always requesting trades or you just requesting time off randomly during the season, during important stretches. So, you know what? I mean, that's the reason why James Harden decided to leave. It's the reason why he asked for his asked for his way out of Brooklyn to go to uh play with his boy uh Bede and his boy Daryl Morey, the GM, is because he's like, man, I'm all committed into this season with Brooklyn, this second season, because James was hampered with the hamstring in the first season they were together. And he's like, man, I got a fresh new start. I'm trying to, you know, let's make this thing, let's run it back. And now... Oh, man, now we got to deal with this dude, this knucklehead who don't want to get his COVID shot. He don't want to get his shot. So now that now we're held hostage, our season is going to be held hostage, essentially, because this clown doesn't want to do the most simplest, basic thing for his team to win. So spare me with this song and dance. I've seen it before. Unfortunately, he's going to burn Mark Cuban and you Dallas Maverick fans. I hope he doesn't. But. Chances are, if I was a betting man, my money's on him screwing this up too as well.